When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. We're talking a miserable midweek defeat to FC Basel and a pretty mediocre 1-0 win against Brighton and Hove Albion at Old Trafford in Series 3, Episode 14. We've also got our regular extensive youth and loan roundup as the under-18s face Manchester City and the under-19s find out their FA Youth Cup draw. That's now 10 wins in 10 home games to start the season in all competitions, that is, and now 39 games unbeaten at Old Trafford. Ridiculously good record, but this was one of the... The less convincing performances, shall we say. Jack, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty what you didn't come away feeling satisfied on Saturday. Not at all. Up there with one of our worst performances of the, of the season. Um and so, in some ways I thought it was quite similar to the Southampton away game uh, a couple of months ago, where we just didn't seem like we could create anything. And it wasn't as if I mean in the second half it got like this at times we were just penning Brighton back constantly, but especially in the first half, it wasn't as if we were the only team on, on uh, going forward and Brighton were like hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Brighton had just as many, if not more, good chances as we did in the first half and looked just as dangerous as we did going forward. We just had seemed to have no control of the game. We weren't able to kind of dominate Brighton the way that we should have done, to, to be honest. With, like, Brighton are a good team. They've, they've had a good season so far, but with the quality that we have in that side, we should be absolutely dominating that game from start to finish. And we should be playing the way that we've been playing against these smaller sides for the rest of the season. I think that the, the loss at bars will seem to really affect us, seeing the way we play. We, we seem to be quite timid going forward. People didn't seem to want to run at players. There was just a real lack of creativity in the team. Luckily, we ended up coming away with a very, very fortunate win. But if we play like that in our next few games against Watford, Arsenal and then City, we will not get any points in those games if we replicate that performance. Yeah, um, Watford on the back of a 3-0 win against Newcastle. Um... I guess if you look back to that Newcastle game until until they scored Newcastle, that is um, the only difference between Newcastle and Brighton at, at home was that Brighton couldn't really 
do what Newcastle did and take advantage of the the chances they made. Yep. But it's, it's not as if they didn't make chances. They they did and they did quite a few, and they continue to do that in the second half as well. It's sort of that that first twenty five minutes against Newcastle became the entire ninety minutes against Brighton. Absolutely, yeah. It was just kind of extended for the whole period. I mean, I'd say the the kind of fifteen twenty minutes before the goal, we did we did start penning Brighton back, and they they couldn't get out for a little while, but. They always looked the threat on the counter-attack. And especially in the first half, it was a genuine 50-50 game. And it, it was strange because even in other performances this season where not necessarily once we've steamrolled teams 4-0, but just in games where we've played against these smaller sides, we've dominated in the way that we should be dominating these kind of games. And we've praised us for that a lot. And it was strange to see us not be able to replicate that against Brighton in such a horrendous way, to be honest. I mean, that really... I. That's the only way I can describe that performance. It was absolutely horrendous at times. Defensively, we looked very, very shaky. In midfield, Pogba and Matic were all over the place whenever Brighton picked up the ball. It was very worrying, actually, to see the way that we defended against what is a not very good attack, um, spearheaded by Glenn Murray. I mean, Anthony Knockhart was a threat down the right, as he always is. He, he is a good player, but, I mean... With their one real threat coming from knockout down the right, we should have been able to neutralise that a lot easier than we did. I mean, I remember looking at the lineup before the Newcastle game and thinking, "That's a that's a good attack." And it was the same before Brighton. You're thinking we can we can replicate another four goals here against a, a relatively weak opposition. But given that front six, which is which isn't just ridiculously talented, it's also quite well balanced. You've got pace, Martial, Rashford power from Lukaku as, as well as pace from him the finishing from Lukaku same from Martial and Rashford the creativity of Pogba quality just in abundance in every sort of department that you want we should be seeing much much better from Mourinho's United side at home to a promoted team given that front six and it wasn't it's not a horrendous performance but it's not there's there was nothing good about it <laughs> the, be- the best thing you can say about the game in all honesty, it's just the fact that we got three points. It's it's one of those games where you ha- you have them every season. Every team yeah. has them. Uh, even you know even teams like City who are steamrolling everyone at the moment. It, everyone has games like this. But the most important thing is that you just somehow grind out a win. We did that in very very lucky fashion with the corner that probably wasn't, and then the massive deflection. But you take what you're given, um, and we did take advantage of that luck. And ultimately, it's one of those games where. You almost have to write it off, and you obviously try and learn from what you did wrong. But it's almost one of those games you just want to forget as quickly as possible. It's weird because it didn't really feel like we grinded it out, even though we got the three points when we were rubbish. It's sort of, I mean, some of those games you come away with a one 0 win. You're thinking, yeah, we've 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 put in an effort there, and we've not deservedly come away with a win, but we've managed to get a win. That just, I just sort of came away from that thinking, we 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 were lucky. Um, it didn't feel like we grinded out. It just felt like we we got a fortunate goal, which is which is exactly what happened. I mean, it's so much slow play, some sloppiness, so so predictable most of the time, and it it comes a lot from what the way we're playing in attack. There's not a huge amount that we are playing in attack because Mourinho doesn't really, never has, and, and doesn't really have a genuine sort of system in attack. We've always said this that he relies upon individual brilliance that world-class talent and the, the unpredictability of certain players and Pogba's probably the only one who could do that Rashford and Martial often quite um, unpredictable and, and do things you don't expect but 
we haven't really got an attacking system. What we do do is cross a lot. And we thought, oh, that's brilliant. We've got we've got Lukaku, a brilliant header of the ball, brilliant finisher, strong, can hold up the ball well. We've got him in the box. Mm-hmm. Crossing will work. Yeah. But we had 27 crosses on Saturday, and I can think of one chance that came from a cross. Lukaku and Pogba, when they forced a double save from, from Matt Ryan. One chance from 27 crosses is... I mean, the amount we focus on crosses, the number of genuine quality crosses that Lukaku can get on the end of it is really poor. I mean... It says a lot when the, probably the best crosser on your team this season has been Ashley Young, your left back. And that, that's no disrespect to Ashley Young. We've given him a lot of love on this podcast. But it, when you're a title-challenging team, that should not be the case. You should have some genuine quality in those wide areas. If you do want to play such a cross-heavy game, you're right, it is something that we rely heavily upon. And we just seem to be rather rubbish at it, to be honest, a lot of the time. And it, it doesn't make sense to me a lot of the time because although although Lukaku is obviously a, a very big man and he what is he six foot three I think or six foot six yeah, foot two maybe uh, and he is pretty good in the air but it just doesn't make sense to me that that is the best way way of playing to him where Lukaku is best when he gets the ball to his feet and he can start turning defenders not when he's trying to win headers against when he's double teamed by defenders, which he was pretty much every single time a ball came in against Brighton, Duffy and Dunk were both all over him. He has to try and beat two men to try and get a header on goal. We have the quality with the ball at our feet to keep the ball on the ground and to go through the phases and to go through those little intricate triangle passing passing moves that we are capable of stringing together. And that is what we need to do, not just kind of aimlessly putting the ball out wide and hoping that someone will put a good cross in because we just simply don't have the quality. Antonio Valencia... From right back, as much as we like Valencia and as good of a job as he has done since he's moved into that right back role, crossing is certainly not his forte, to put it mildly. Yeah. And Martial and Rashford aren't the type of wingers who are going to stay hugging the touchline for, for 90 minutes and put cross after cross in. They prefer to come inside and to almost act as kind of inside forwards rather than the conventional wingers. And it just seems like we're not playing to our strengths a lot of the time. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was about to say those words exactly. We're not playing to the strengths of the players, and we just—it's not even about that. Crossing fine because sometimes it does come off, and and Ashley Young can cross, and and Rashford can cross sometimes, but his crosses were appalling on Saturday. But it's about having some variation. Van Hal, it was possession, pull it back when you get to the byline, and now Mourinho, it's it's quite hard to say what it is under Mourinho. We don't have a. You don't. You don't think Mourinho's United are a certain way of playing. You don't think a certain sort of style of attack. It's just. It's sort of there every game. There seems, there seems to be a lack of identity at the moment. I would say, like, you you think of all, all the the best teams that, down the years, especially in, in the kind of Premier League era. You think of the Invincibles and and our team from, oh eight and oh nine, uh, and they they had an identity and they had a certain style. You knew. When they were on top form, you knew exactly how they were going to play and, and you knew the kind of style that they were going to put out. And and we just don't have anything like that at the moment. And it, but I was just even thinking, it's not even about having an identity, it's just having a sort of regular way of playing. You don't think United and think crossing, but that, that really is, is is what we do. Van Gaal, I just said it, it's sort of keep possession and then pull it back when you get to the byline and that became incre- like immensely boring. But Mourinho, it's now cross from deep, cross quite flat. And that's not enough. And given, go back to playing to strengths, given the, the players in that front six, you've got Mata, Pogba, 
Rashford and Martial, the the potential for link up play in sort of tight areas like that is is brilliant. And you mentioned about Lukaku, where he's best playing. He he's not best playing doing what we're currently doing. Fine, he has he is pretty good in the air, and he's pretty good in the box. But the best you see Lukaku back at Everton. The best times you saw Lukaku is when he's able to behind the defensive line. And that's difficult when Brighton are going to sit back very deep. But even then, it, you don't just resort to crossing. Because A, A, it's quite boring. And B, it, it's not having results. If you think to the to the games where we scored four, how many of our goals are actually coming from crosses in those games? When we're playing well, are we crossing the whole time? I, I don't think we are. So... It's not really surprising that the games we're playing badly and we're just focusing on, on doing this. You, you think about all of our best performances this season, and our goals in, in general haven't haven't been coming from crosses or and endlessly trying to work the ball wide to, to work a crossing opportunity. It's when we've been playing that kind of intricate style of football, like you said, making the most of the technical ability of Rashford, of Martial, of Pogba, of Mata, of, or even or Mkhitaryan, whoever is playing, and. We just don't seem to be tapping into that at the moment. We have, probably with the exception of City, the, the most technically gifted front line. And, and even, even maybe on, on par with City in, in a lot of ways. Te- in terms of technical ability, that front six of Pogba, Mata, Martial, Rashford, Lukaku, sorry, front five even, of Pogba, Mata, Martial, Rashford, Lukaku, is up there with any any strike force in the league in terms of technical ability and yet we don't seem to want to use it we're just using them at the moment as players to funnel the ball out wide to Valencia or Young or whoever it might be to then put a ball into the yeah, box yeah <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't really have it's, a... A head, it's, it's, it's puzzling because like, like you said we have all these players and, and from the signings that Mourinho has made and the, and the teams that he's putting out a lot at the moment it, it seems mad like just just perfectly made for a, a certain type of football and we're just not not playing it yeah it's it's a, the, the current system even though it's quite hard to identify a system isn't playing to, to the way we should it's also just fizzled out a bit and we go i mean we mentioned that our best games we played like that we've scored 28 times this season i think we've scored the second most in the league but we've only scored seven in our last six games and four of those came against Newcastle. Um, I mean, Mourinho said it last week. A team that plays like we do, I think we should score more goals than we do. Um, and it, it's very true. But, I mean, the, the we should score more goals. A team that plays like we do, to to a certain extent, but not, not the team that played against Brighton. Um, we didn't deserve to... We shouldn't have scored more goals there because we're not playing like, like we should score goals. Um... I guess it's difficult because in some ways it feels like Mourinho has been quite underwhelming at United. But in other ways, you look at the table and I think we'd be top of the league at this point with this point tally um, last season and the season before. We've scored more goals except everyone than City. It, it sort of also feels like just the brilliance of City is sort of overshadowing that Mourinho is, is doing a, a decent job or a good job, um, and we're just not in our best period at the moment. I think you also have to appreciate where we were when he came in. Like, It's, it's easy to forget just how bad we were at times under Van Hart. So, someone, actually, funny enough, saw um, 
someone today on Twitter put up a, a picture of that run of where we went, was it 12 games without a win, I think, under Van Hal, where about seven or eight of them were nil-nil. Well, we had that, we had that 12 and, home games without scoring in the first half. Yeah, and, and, and you, you, just, you look at that and you have to think about where we were when Mourinho came in. He, he, we were not a team that was ready to even be fighting for the title, let alone, sorry, for, to even be fighting for the top four, let alone trying to fight for the title. We were, to be quite honest, we were diabolical at times. And so Mourinho has done a good job in transforming us that quickly. But ultimately, we, we, we aren't there yet. There's, and I think that's the thing. It's, I, I think there's been a, a bit of an overreaction from some fans that want to criticise Mourinho too quickly. But we also have to, I think, as fans in general, we have to know that there is still a lot, way, a long, long way to go if we're to get back to where we want to be. Yeah, it's about progress. The only, the only thing I'd say on that is that there's clear, there's, there's a clear progress since he came in, but it's just difficult to see what we're, what the next step is, is is what I'd say because when because we don't have a an identity, but in, in general. We we have done well at the start of the team. We're second. We're going to top our Champions League group, um, even though that um, rather humiliating defeat to Basel, which was terrible second half performance. Oh yeah. Um, we should top our Champions League group. We're still in the League Cup. We're second in the league. We're still just about in the title race, even though we're eight points behind. Um, plenty of time left in the season. We are doing well. It's just about we're not in our best period, and the 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 mood is not that positive. But We've had some struggles defending counter-attacks this season. Probably our worst sort of defensive attribute. But Victor Lindelof, second Premier League start, did did well. Yeah, he did. I was I was impressed for a lot a lot of the game by what by his performance. It was, I think, comfortably his best, definitely his best Premier League performance, and I think probably his best overall performance in the United shirt. Uh, I think one of the great moments for me was uh, in the second half when he came absolutely. Th- thundering in on Anthony Knockart and he, he just and, and it was a great tackle and he just got up and calmly played the ball away and it, I think it, it was a bit of defiance I think in some ways from Lindelof or I mean, even if it wasn't supposed to be it, it came off like that because one of the biggest criticisms that's been levelled at him is that he's too soft and he, and he, he can't hack it in the Premier League and all, all this kind of stuff and he j- just seemed to silence those critics a little bit with that with that absolute monster of a tackle yeah and he got the crowd going um and there's definitely a relationship between Old Trafford being loud and United scoring. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Um, Newcastle last week, crowd sort of starts to get going, especially after that first goal, and it keeps it keeps going, keeps building, and then we score the winner. Not the winner. The winner of the first half, you can say. Um, Smalling putting us in front. Lindelof gets gets people going, yeah. and, and it ended up with us, with us scoring in that, that sort of period. Last thing before we move on, Michael Carrick. Can't quite remember the name of, of his cardiac issue, but a regular heart rhythm, now back in training. Uh, Mourinho said he's been offered a coaching role and will probably take that at the end of the season, um, but wants to stay playing until the end of the season. I've missed Michael Carrick, and there's there's not much to say apart from he is, I'm fairly sure he's one of everyone's favourite United players. Absolutely, he's he's been an absolute legend at, at United. There isn't, there's no two ways about it. I, I was really sad to to see what he he posted on Twitter about his his uh, heart condition. Glad to see that he's back in training and touch of of class. I think from the club to offer him that coaching role after him, and I'm glad that he has been offered it because he 
definitely deserves to be kept in the frame after he does hang up his boots. He's been a brilliant performer for us, uh, instrumental in our Champions League winning campaign, and so often just get, just gives a calming presence. And and he still can, I think. The, the couple of games he has played this season, he's still done very well. He's still been very good on the ball. And he deserves to stay around the club, I think, for pretty much as long as he he wants. He deserves to go out on his own terms. But yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's just Carrick is the kind of player you would expect to make a good coach. Um, and I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out like that, Gary Neville. Um, but Carrick is the, the kind of intelligent player and brilliant role model for players. Um, he already is as captain of the club for the younger players. And I know he's he's been doing some coaching with the youth teams, um, getting some experience. I know he had a word with Angel Gomez before and after his debut, helped out all of those who made their debuts against Palace in the, in the last game of the season last year. He is already a role model. He's got the potential to be, to be a really good coach and a really good influence in the dressing room after he retires, which is mainly why it's good. But also, yeah, he does deserve to, to go out on his own ways. A pair of Manchester derbies in youth football this week. The under-16s were beaten 5-3, while the under-18s lost 4-1 to City. Nishan Burkhart made United's only goal of the game after just five minutes, showing fantastic strength before pulling it back to Tahith Chong, who recently returned from a nine-month absence with injury. He finished powerfully to put United in front. City equalised just two minutes later through Simmons, and Rodler put them in front with a header from six yards out while he was unmarked. United didn't deserve to lose 4-1, didn't reflect the game, but it was mistakes like these in defence that cost them. Chong earned United a penalty, but Angel Gomez skied it over terribly, and City scored almost immediately after to make it 3-1 going into half-time. Simmons shot, deflecting in off Jake Barrett. Garcia made it 4 with another free header for a City player. United should have finished their chances better and defended better from crosses and now sit third in the under-18 Premier League North. United's FA Youth Cup draw has been announced. They'll play Derby County on Wednesday, December the 13th. And the under-23s play Everton on Monday night. That's at 7pm and will be live on MUTV. In low news, Regan Poole started for Northampton Town against Bury in a 0-0 draw. Both goalkeepers, Sam Johnston and Dean Henderson, started for their respective sides. Matty Willock was an unused sub for FC Utrecht, as was Timothy Fossimensa for Crystal Palace in their 2-1 win against Stoke. Devontae Redmond not involved again for Scunthorpe United. Neither was Cameron Borthwick-Jackson involved for Leeds United. And Andreas Pereira's Valencia side are playing against Barcelona as we speak. Right, the busy festive period is, is basically already starting. Um, in November, we got Watford midweek, then Arsenal. Then I think we've got CSK at home, then City, then Bournemouth. Then we play again. Then we've got League Cup against Bristol, then Leicester. And then we're basically at Christmas. So it's... It's pretty non-stop from here. But Watford on Tuesday night, they've just come off a very, I think it's their biggest top flight win in, in about three decades. And they're definitely their biggest Premier League away win. 3-0 at St. James's Park against Newcastle. Um, they will be on very much on a high with Marco Silva staying at the club, um, them turning down approaches from Everton. We are on less of a high, but I mean, Watford away this season is, is not an easy place to go. But what are you predicting? I think this will be a tough game, definitely. Um, expect Richarlison to give our defence nightmares for at least some of the game. He's been brilliant this season. Um, and Watford are a very well-coached, well-set-up team. I think Marco Silva is a brilliant coach. He's done a very, very good job at Watford. They're, they set up very well in defence, but they do so without being a team that just sits back and doesn't try and do anything themselves going forward. I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, 
if I had to give a prediction, uh, I would probably go for a one-one draw. Um, I think it's going to be a really tough game. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't be so surprised with a draw. I was about to predict us to lose, but I'm going to go more positive and actually predict us to win two-one and get very lucky and play quite badly and come away with a win. But I'd take that. Yeah, two-one win I'm going with. But then Arsenal at the weekend. They've just beaten Burnley. They're into the top four. 1-0 against Burnley on Sunday. Their record in big games is as, as questionable as ever, except when they play Liverpool. It's, it's difficult to predict Arsenal without sort of ahead of the Watford game. Because they loss against Watford. You go in Arsenal away, they'll probably be in, in decent spirits. Whereas if we lose to Watford during this sort of, not terrible period, but just sort of low period, um, you're going into the Emirates away in a in a bad way. If we beat Watford and suddenly that's a little motivation boost, then you're going in thinking Arsenal aren't great, we're better than them, and you're expecting a a typical Mourinho one 0 Yeah, I mean, it seems perfectly scripted, doesn't it? Mourinho playing the supposed like the supposed manager with the best big game record, playing against Arsenal. But I mean, since to be fair, since Mourinho has come, we don't have the best record against Arsenal, um, and. I think they they seem to be slight. I want to say slightly more um, accustomed to playing a bit more sensibly in big games now. But I mean, it's still a game that you would expect to at least get a point from, if not if not a win. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting game because I think Arsenal have quietly been grinding out results this season without looking amazing. So I'm interested to interest be interested to see where. Where we line up, how how we line up, and how Arsenal line up going into the game. I think I, I think I might go for another draw on that one as well. Honestly, nil nil. <laughs> would, yeah, would, would not be a shock. I mean, it's a Mourinho big game, so don't expect goals. Yeah, I mean his record, his away record in big games is atrocious. I don't think we've scored. Have we scored under him away from home in a in a game against uh, the top I'm not six? Sure we have. Yeah, I don't think we have in um in about eighteen months, which is genuinely awful. Um. And not something you want at all. And something that will hopefully change at Arsenal, but I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all with a nil nil. But you also can't see him going with the same front six again. Of Martial, Rashford, Lukaku, Mata, Pogba Matic. Can't see that happening on Tuesday against Arsenal or for, for quite a while after that Brighton game. Um I think it's got a black mark in Mourinho's book now, uh, which he seems to indicate he said it was too attacking and left us too open. Um so, yeah, you'd expect Lukaku to start against Arsenal probably with Rashford just because Mourinho trusts him more and he, he works harder even though Martial's probably in better form at the moment. Yeah, in big games it seems like Rashford is, is the one that Mourinho prefers. He, he does seem to get back a little bit more than Martial. Um, but, I mean, it's that kind of attitude that's meant that we haven't scored a goal against the big t- against the top six since Mourinho came. So, <laughs> maybe it's time for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, that's all we have time for on Series 3, Episode 14 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Yeah, sort of a half miserable, half sort of reflective episode. We are doing fine. Any other season, well, not any other season, but last season, the season before, we'd probably be top of the league by now. Um, We've scored second most behind City. We're topping our Champions League group. We should top that unless we lose, I think, 6-0 to CSK Moscow. We've gone through in the League Cup. FA Cup hasn't started yet. Results-wise, it's all good. Entertainment-wise, I think we've scored four goals on seven occasions. It's pretty good. We're just in a, a little bit of a low point. 
But um, for more from us, you can find Jack on Twitter at... At UTDTAIT, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at at HarryRobertson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end. Thank you as always for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.